Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Tom Ethan's at Take Pride Winnipeg on keeping our recyclables here to make things like park benches and bird feeders. Andrew Michalajewski, the author of Stopple on Wrongful Convictions. And Alan Castell from Alpha Technologies on how stores are using cameras to figure us out. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. All right, we have reached Tom Ethan's. Oh, good. Executive Director, Take Pride Winnipeg. Tom, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. So over at Take Pride Winnipeg, I've I've had you on a few times over the past couple of years, and it seems to me you guys were at one point making birdhouses or something out of recyclables. Am I right? Yes, we we've, we've uh, uh, have a program called Bag Up Manitoba with Multimaterial Stewardship Manitoba. We get schools across the province to, to get plastic bags and we recycle them. Uh, last year we had 156 schools recycled, 886,000 plastic bags in one month. Uh, we, we used to send the plastic bags to uh, treks in Virginia where they would make birdhouses and garden boxes and benches. Uh, this year... We actually found an at-home solution uh, with Regen Composites, uh, which is a Winnipeg company that took all the plastic bags and turned them into benches for the schools. So we are doing some of that here then. We're taking our own recyclables and using them to make other products. We are, and and there's just not us. There's also Electronics Product Recycling Association, and they have a great recycling facility uh, in Eli, Manitoba, and they will recycle 95 to 99% of electronics here in Manitoba, and it's fantastic. Uh, as well, we've got uh, uh, Mother Earth Recycling that takes, it takes back uh, bedding and, and mattresses, and they will recycle those. And so uh, we're starting to do more and more Manitoba-based solutions. And why are we not doing more of it? It's great that we're doing some, but why are we not doing more? It's a matter of uh, finding uh, companies that will that will get involved with that kind of a program, and and I think as we continue on, it will we'll see more and more. But it's just uh, a matter of getting uh, the right companies get involved, and I think uh, the city's looking at getting a new uh, recycling facility, and that might help as well. Uh, so it's just just uh, timing, and uh, oh. We're, we're late getting started, but we are starting, and it's getting better and better all the time. Well, it's Winnipeg. We're always a little late to the party, aren't we? Or, or so it seems. I mean, but, then, and, but then we do it better than anybody else. Well, there you go. That's another way of looking at it. Absolutely, yes. So I'm glad to hear that we're doing some of it. I was just curious if it was cost or, or why we weren't doing more of it, because while we're not getting the kind of money we were getting from China, right? We are selling, uh, yesterday, Cindy Gilroy, the head of the chair of the uh, Waste Committee at City Hall, um, was on this show, Kelly Moore filling in. By the way, thanks to Kelly for filling in for me yesterday when I wasn't feeling well. But Kelly was talking to her yesterday, and she said, the good news is we're, we're still selling all of our recyclables, but we're not getting as much money. And so it makes sense to me, I think, to look at doing more of this in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, using of recyclables to build other products that we can then use. 
Well, it's it's a great thing to do, and, and but you have to be able to have a company that wants to make profits doing it, and uh, um, sometimes it's not as easy as, as just starting a company and not having any profits. Uh, that company won't last long. So, uh, I mean, it's something we need to do more of, and, and I think it's starting, and I think it's going to continue to grow. It just takes time. What are some other things that you've seen done elsewhere, Tom, uh, products that they've made elsewhere using recyclables? You talked about bags, using bags to make birdhouses, and you were telling me about, maybe talk a bit more about the benches that you guys just did. Well, the benches, when we first started doing our bag up program, um, and we were one of the first organizations to get involved with that, uh, Trex in the United States, which makes uh, decking out of plastic bags uh, and, and uh for for backyards and stuff like that we started asking them to do benches for us and they have for a number of years and that program has expanded dramatically in the u.s and they're doing they're doing that program across the united states now in many many different uh, uh communities and so uh it's great that we're getting there uh with other other companies that are getting involved in that kind of thing hey before i let you go tom how's the blocking club going Plocking is uh, going very well. We uh, are meeting every Saturday, and and uh, this past week we were out on Keniston, uh, picking up litter around uh, Bridgewater, and we're going to be going back again next week. We picked up about 65 bags of litter in an hour and 15 minutes, and we need to do more uh, and continue to uh, get people out there picking up litter while walking, and it's fantastic that we uh, are... Uh, are getting more and more volunteers coming out and there's other groups that are out there right now. We've got, we've got community groups going out this weekend in St. Patel and Transcona is doing their biz uh, cleanup this week on Friday. So a lot of people are getting involved and we want everybody to work together to make a difference. And is it takepridewinnipeg.ca? Takepride.mb.ca. All right. Takepride.mb.ca. Takepride.mb.ca. If you want to find out about everything Take Pride Winnipeg and the Plocking Club, which is basically the combination of uh, picking up garbage and walking. It's great. Tom, thanks a lot for this. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I love it. I love it. The perfect introduction for our next guest. Hit it! When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. It's Pasquale's. Joe from Pasquale's. How are you, sir? Joe Lascavo, how are you? How do you get a better intro than that, Hal? I tell you, it never seems to amaze me. I tell you, I think things have changed since your morning, so I think you're a little more... You're more uh, upbeat and alive down these afternoons. You think so? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this, Joe. I I really appreciate it. So we heard about uh, this new company coming to town, uh, DoorDash. Of course, we've already got Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats. People may not know this, but you were one of the owners of Mobile Maitre d', sort of Winnipeg's original restaurant food delivery service, right? You bet. Yeah, way back uh, over 20 years ago, the uh, restaurant delivery market uh, started with uh, my partner, Brad Walker, and started and we joined up with him. And uh, yeah, a lot of changes in the industry and in the delivery uh, market right now, as you can see. And 
a lot of new players coming to the field, and technology has really taken over how and has, has changed the way things are done, of course, and yes, yeah, a lot of competition coming. And DoorDash is a new one, but you're you're telling me this morning when I was chatting with you that you're going to work with all of them because the more the merrier is sort of your attitude, eh? Well, the segment, the delivery segment, you're right. As a, as a restaurateur, we want to be able to get our product to uh, to the biggest market as we can. We want to we want to work with everyone. And don't forget, this is a partnership, Kyle. When we work with Skip to Dishes, and we've had a great partnership with them over the years. Uh, the newcomers are coming. Their Uber Eats was in town, and 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 now the the new one with DoorDash. This is a partnership between these kind of new um, delivery services that. Partner, it is a partnership because we have to understand we're we're working to do get the same goal, getting getting quality product citywide to our clients and our customers, right? So it, it, it and it is a very competitive one now because everyone's jockeying for position, and uh, yes, it, it you know and competition's good. It gives everyone a chance to keep sharp and, and make sure that they keep their price points in check. And everyone, you know, it's working a little bit harder to, to, to gain the loyalty of, of the customers and the restaurants. And this is why I think you're the perfect guest on this, because you know what it was like running mobile maitre d'. You are a restaurant owner now. As you said, technology has really kind of taken over. What are some of the challenges getting that great Pasquale's food to somebody's house so that they can enjoy it? What are some of the challenges? Well, the challenge is with again working with the partners. Like I said, these, it is technology driven. These these apps that are in that, uh, so it's it's the order comes up, Hal. And again, it's all timing, right? We want to make sure that we get that product as hot as possible before it's packed up and, and into the delivery bag with whoever's going to be taking our product. And again, and then the, getting the fact that getting that to the location on a timely fashion. Of course, you know it when you're driving, and it's we're using thermal bags and stuff like that. So it, it's the timing is a big thing, and there is always issue because again, we're not only in partnership with restaurants and the the app provider, who it may be, but the driver is also a big component to to what who is bringing the product to to the location. So uh, it is a little tricky, and it, it does cause a lot of stress on some of the restaurants because. Uh, you're saying, yeah, you can have multiple. The, the kitchen atmosphere has changed too, hell over the years where it's a, a one terminal coming up with a chip for the, for the restaurant to be serving. But now you've got multiple tablets in your kitchen and, and printers that are printing off different orders for different companies. So it gets to be a logistical little nightmare for some of the, uh, for some of the kitchen staff. So people forget they're, you know, it's just not a, just cooking the food. There's some, there's some timing in there. And again, there's some jump times where these, these times do not, all consists if you put an order up for 20 minutes it might jump to 30 it might come down to 15 depending where that driver uh has okayed that app because it is again it's technology driven where much like a, an uber app where you know you can see your car tracking it and bringing it in and coming so there is some logistical nightmares there that can can cause issues on getting that product hot to the door well, and this new player, DoorDash, is coming in, offering for at least the first 90 days, so for the first three months, they're offering their service for nothing, 0% commission, which has to be attractive to a restaurant owner like you because, hey, this is your bottom line we're talking about, right? Well, you bet, Hal. That's a, it's, a, it's a nice target to get the restaurants on board. Don't forget, everyone has to understand there is a fee the restaurant has to pay 
for having these services of using these apps and stuff. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's part of the issue too. I know there's some, some beaming about these different companies jockeying for position and some people not being happy with different service providers. Uh, it comes down to pricing too, Hal. Yes, you know, you, there's a different rate we have to pay and there's some different rates there. Uh, that's some of the big issues. Um, but yeah, of course, get coming in at a 0% for so many days and giving incentives for free delivery, that's a good way to, to, to grab the customer, let them try their product and try their service. And I don't know how it comes down to the, it comes down to the consumer who is getting the proper service and proper pricing uh, to deliver that product to you. So, you know, it is a little battle going on right now, but you know, we're in a battle every day. All of us restaurants, we're, we're in battle for competition every day, not just for the delivery market, but with other restaurants, you know, and the, there is a lot of competition out there. Winnipeg is a very big saturated market, uh, you know, yourself for restaurants and golf courses and different things too. There's a lot of people jockeying for, uh, for dollars spent in our course of our, in our sporting events that are going on, of course, our jets and our bombers. And now there's some great soccer coming to Winnipeg at the uh, uh, Valor SC. So it's really hard to get that dollar into what avenue people want to spend their money in. So it's a very competitive market. So everyone has to work hard to make sure that their product, their, 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 their product is 100%, their service 100% to win the loyalty of that customer. Half an hour ago, I had Ben, uh, his name is Ben Benton. He's basically a food blogger, saverwinnipeg.com. And we were sort of talking about how these restaurant delivery, uh, food delivery services have changed things. Do you see, uh, like, have you seen a jump in your business with these delivery services? Maybe, and maybe more people eating your food, Pasquale's food at home, and maybe not in your restaurant as much. Are you seeing that change? Because this really is sort of a lifestyle change too, isn't it? Oh, you bet, How? Yeah, we've seen it. And, of course, people do love to come out. Uh, and we see uh, spikes in different times. Don't forget, summertime, Pasquale's, people still want that patio business, yeah, and right. they want to enjoy that. Um, there is spikes in, in seasonal, as you see the winter. Of course, who wants to go out at minus 40, especially this winter, at minus 40? People don't want to go out, so and it's hard to get out. So you see a, a definitely a influx in the delivery segment uh, where our clients are you know, opting to stay in. And, and, and again, there's also there's another segment where people say, no, I want to go out. I want that service. But you definitely do see a, a definite spike in, in the delivery segment and, um, and people wanting to stay in for that convenience again. And maybe it is to watch that jet game or watch that bomber game and just to be close to home. And, you know, there's that convenient factor there. So you, you definitely... The, the rest, and that's again, that puts a lot of stress on the, again the competitive side with the restaurants because again, maybe we're not as busy inside. So, unfortunately, that leaves a situation where, well, we're laying off some, some staff, some servers, some bartenders. The, the service is not uh, needed indoor, and, and we put more back staff on. So, there's definitely been a, been a switch for sure in the flow of how, how people are enjoying their restaurant uh, quality food in the last few years for sure. Joe, thanks a lot for doing this. One of the first places I ate great Italian food was at your place when you were on Osborne. And, of course, now you're on Marion right across uh, from the Norwood Hotel. And I, I still enjoy your food. And, um, I, I mean, we'll see, you know, with this new one, DoorDash, we'll see how it all shakes out. But the bottom line is everybody's got to make a buck here and, and get the food to where it's going hot and tasting good, right? Uh, you're right, Helen. But I do, do like to mention one thing, how too, some of our independent or, and our franchise restaurants, too, 
I want to give a big shout out to our restaurant association, our MRFA. Uh, these are one of the, this is our association that runs uh, the city, is, uh, we're members of, and if you can, you can uh, be an associate member. But they really kind of came to bat for us when a lot of the restaurants were upset with, upset with some of the, the, um, the service providers, the delivery providers that were here in the city, weren't kind of keeping up their, the end of the bargain or weren't happy with service. And they kind of vented to our association, but we really, the association really went out there to, to bat to communicate with some of these new uh, companies coming in to, uh, you know, to make their voice heard and to get, uh, get some information out to everyone. So it was really, you know, hats off to, uh, to our association and uh, that uh, did a great job at, again, representing the Manitoba Food and Restaurants of Winnipeg and Manitoba on this situation. So, and this is small stuff like the government uh, things that come up with minimum wage or labor or liquor uh, and gaming. Uh, the association does a great job at being a voice for the local Winnipeg restaurant. Uh, so hats off to them also. Well, I had Sean Jeffrey on earlier on this, and, and I agree. You've got good representation there with the upcoming restaurant watch program with the Winnipeg police. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, no question you've got good representation there. Joel, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Hal. Joel Escavo over at Pasquale's. Uh, it really is uh, a good food. And uh, now DoorDash, another way to get that Pasquale's food to your home. DoorDash, Uber Eats, Skip the Dishes. DoorDash, though, and, you know, you can call it a war if you want, but or, or you don't have to, but I think DoorDash saying, we're going to deliver your food for the first 90 days for nothing, that's uh, throwing down the gauntlet in a restaurant food delivery war in Winnipeg, I would say. I would suggest. It'll be interesting to see what the, the skip the dishes and uh, Uber Eats. We haven't heard from them, I don't believe. I know we had a request out for uh, a comment. I have not seen anything uh, from them. I'll double check again uh, during a break here. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, a new player in town, DoorDash. And here joining us now in studio, Al Castell from Alpha Technologies, just up the street in that beautiful new building of yours. How are you, Al? Good to I'm see you. I'm doing well, Hal. Thank yeah. you very much for bringing me along. You're looking good. Al, is uh, he knows all about all this uh, cool technology and I want to get him on the show more often. I bought my very first home computer from Al back in the mine computer days. People out there will remember that. That was when I think I paid. Well, I I worked three for grand, it. four grand. I think it was about four grand. That yeah, I it was contra. Every, we yeah, did I worked submit. every Saturday for my entire life. It yeah. felt like yeah. but it was a lot of fun there at Mine Computer. So here's the headline. I saw this story and I sent it to Al and I said I want to get you in on this. If you and he's oh I can tell you all about it. Here's the headline: Store cameras could guess your age, gender, mood to show you targeted ads. So basically you walk into a store, and this is sort of to counter the whole online thing where they're always getting information Mm -hmm, about you. mm -hmm. So stores are putting up cameras, and that camera really can tell my mood and then play for me ads. Your height and your weight and maybe even the clothes that you are wearing now and may be able to target you know, directed ads at you in that way. And what I'm looking at so it knows what on the shelves I'm looking at. It can track your motion. It can track your patterns. There's now camera systems that will do what's called heat blooming. So you can tell somebody, like, say, a Canadian tire. You got more people going down aisle 46. Start to spot your advertising on the end cap at aisle 46. So there's technology to use to show us the flow of how people move through a store and the ergonomics of a store even, yes. I think we're just now becoming aware, or it seems like we're becoming aware now lately, that, yeah, we're being watched in so many ways. And... um, 
I don't think we have much of a choice right now, do we, Al? No, we don't. And, and you know, I guess, how when I see people react to these things so often, I'm wondering, do you not know how much is captured by your browsing histories already? Yeah. And to me, what we do in the privacy of our home is probably more offensive to be recorded than what we do when we're out in public in a place that we know we're being watched. Right. So. The fact that we, we are so worried about these things sometimes causes me to wonder, what are some people doing that they are so worried about being seen? Are yeah. you worried about being seen in public? Well, no, because I don't think I'm necessarily doing any... I Listen, I understand that information about me and what I look at and my interest is being gathered at all times. Mm-hmm. But, but I, it doesn't surprise me. But when I saw that headline... I think a lot of people would go, really? I I had no idea. I think we know it's happening online, but is Mm -hmm. it happening in the store with cameras? This is more recent. And And this is more recent because in order to do this properly, the technology, the smarts, the programming, the AI has to be at a certain level. So I spoke to the largest camera manufacturer this morning, actually, in, in a you know preface to coming to see yeah, you. Because you guys deal in, in some we of this stuff, We deal in this, right? yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten to the point of the recognition, but we are getting to the point of counting, like doing counts and things so that a retail store can know how busy they are on a regular day. Yeah. Is this day busy or not? And adjust staffing based upon those days and periods. What I guess people need to understand is that if we take away some of these things because of our feelings of invasion of privacy... We are also taking away the pattern recognition that these things do. For example, a school, somebody that's outside of a school that's acting, you know, acting in a manner that isn't appropriate. Would we not want to have cameras being giving us this information beforehand? There's an awful lot that when you, when you satisfy the 1% of the people that are making the noise, you sometimes hurt the 99% of the people that may benefit from some of this technology. So we give up some of these, uh, some of our privacy, Mm -hmm. but you could argue that the benefits that come from it outweigh uh, as long as, I mean, and most people aren't doing anything wrong, but some people really feel strongly about their privacy. Well, if you go to Safeway, Hal... Are you really that concerned if Safeway is trying to cater things for you? See, to me, being an Mm. efficiency guy, I actually like the concept of you see me, you recognize me. Oh, here's the ice cream I like. Here's the things that I like. And now I know what aisles they're in. Like you could use this information to streamline and make us more efficient as well. So there's not bad parts. We're we're still able to say no. Mm. It's not like it's putting us in a box and making us buy it. It's simply making suggestions and advertising with targeting. And I guess it shouldn't surprise us. We had a conversation Mm. in the news meeting the other morning and the boss was saying that he was in another city. He used his chorus card Mm -hmm. to pay for a meal at a burger joint. Uh, it's got his name on the card, and he did that, paid for it. And within a couple of days, that burger joint followed him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he kind of went, whoa. Mm-hmm. But really, it shouldn't surprise us, should it? No. And if you're on Twitter, do you not want followers? Is this not the goal of, of the Instagram users and the Twitter users of the world is to have followers? So why would be right. offended by the fact that people will then use that information to follow us. Yeah. It's what we wanted in the first. It's only because of the method that they use that it bothers us. They didn't ask us and then have us sign something. But again, yeah. how invasive is that? I mean, yeah. how much more time does that take? So, But I'll guarantee you, when we end our conversation, there will be people texting and emailing me saying, yes, this can help efficiency and mm-hmm. sure there are benefits, but, you know, big brother, government's watching. I mean, there are those out there that would go, no way, hell no. What are we doing that we worry about them watching? I mean, they're watching us. They, they have our finances. I mean, you look at how much information is already known about us through mm-hmm. a simple tax form. Yeah. Or going. 
how much information is known about us when we sign up for an email account. I mean, yeah. you look at how much data you have to give in order to get things now. Mm-hmm. I really don't know why people would be that offended with the Big Brother concept. In 1984 and George Orwellian type times, yeah. absolutely, I get it. But yeah. that was a different world. Right. The benefits then didn't outweigh. Here, the benefits of technology far outweigh any type of the liabilities. So I guess there's two sides to that, sure to that coin. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you may feel that way, and I tend to agree with you, but I will hear. And that's fine. Everybody's mm-hmm. entitled to their opinion, and that's what we do here. 204-780-6868, Hal at CGOB.com if you want to weigh in on that and maybe make the argument on the other side. Another headline that I saw, and I'll get you to react to this too. In the future, passengers could clear security and check in by going up an escalator. So basically, you go in the airport, you go up an escalator, mm-hmm. cameras all around and they check your passport they know how many bags that you're... one's different okay. i'm that one concerns me because again i did a little research after we talked about yeah. this and the fact that these databases are sinking into government databases is where the problem lies so one of the stories i read a lady was sure the convenience is there you're going up an escalator yeah. and everything is being scanned and you are in and you're out and yeah. would we not like that sure. when we're going to the airport yeah. versus that one and a half hour lineup mm-hmm. But what she was surprised by was the fact that she was approved, but where was her face compared to? She had never given any information. It was from a government database. So somehow ah. this is where now I'm getting a little concerned is we're now tying two different kind of organizations right. together that maybe shouldn't have that permission. Mm. We haven't given permission at that level. But the camera system set up in stores are different because their database is a local database. It's yes. one that is created right. for employees or for customers. It's built over time. It's not tying into one that's been already built with preconceived, mm-hmm. I guess, notions about who Hal Anderson is yeah. and who Alan Castell is. Yeah. That's the part that concerns me because there, there is a privacy breach mm-hmm. in my mind. Well, and then the, the, there's the sharing of information, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that information may include your credit card or mm-hmm. your social insurance number. And so and we saw Facebook get into some trouble sharing information, and we, mm-hmm. we've seen that sort of thing. So uh, that definitely, I think, is is worth being concerned about. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. that is. Now, if they re, you know, re-skewed that so that mm-hmm. it was actually something where, like with the optical checks that they have now, where yeah. you can go a little bit faster, if they were to do something and make that like another level where you go through some form of checks and balances beforehand, and now you are approved to take the escalator to your flight in yeah. three minutes or whatever. Sure, I'm okay with that, but there's yeah. some point there's been permission given. Right. That's the issue now is when there's no permission given, by going into a Canadian Tire, you've kind of accepted that you're shopping for something at Canadian Tire, sure. and you've put yourself into an environment that is a their business. That's a little bit different than an airport, which is more of a public place that you're going for a trip, but your securities and levels are so much higher in an airport yeah. than they are in a store. Al Castell from Alpha Technologies. What's the uh, website if people want to check out Alpha? www.alphatechnologies.ca. Thank you, Al. Appreciate it. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.